Hi folks, welcome to the Moving Beyond Being Good podcast by Gary Ryan from Organisations That Matter. In this podcast, Gary shares everything about servant leadership, service leadership, authentic leadership, how to create high performance cultures, service excellence, and life balance. Here's your host, Gary Ryan. Thank you, Sienna, for your lovely introduction. Once again, I'm Gary Ryan from the Moving Beyond Being Good podcast, and today I have Ryan Gonzalez as my special guest. Ryan has a fascinating career, having been a professional soccer player, as we call it here in Australia, but football, according to Ryan, he knows that language here, at Huddersfield Town in the EPL, and then travelled the world playing semi-professional football throughout the UK and Europe, and then across to the USA. We also ended up being a coach in the Major League in the USA, technical skills coach, but has also had a fascinating career in the wealth and financial management, particularly in the mortgage space with some of the world's largest organisations. And his work has taken him to live here in Australia in 2006. And then he moved across to Hong Kong and then has recently come back. He's got three boys that are growing and a couple of them about the same size as what Ryan is. It's a fascinating space, but his career has circled him back as the CEO of secondwind.io to help professional athletes transition into the workplace. So welcome, Ryan. It's a delight to be here with you today. Thanks, Gary. Definitely happy to be here and have this conversation with you. I'm looking forward to having our audience understand more about secondwind.io. So could you just tell us about what your organisation is doing and what your your current focus is, please? Yeah, absolutely. And I I should start a little bit earlier on, uh, you know, where as a professional athlete myself, a footballer, I was lucky enough to achieve my dream, left school at 16 and really got into, you know, my sporting career. A few injuries and time came round meant that didn't continue for me. And I had to make different choices. I had to start to transition to a career outside of the game. And with that sort of with that story, with, with that history, I moved into banking. And as you mentioned, I I had a wonderful time. I had a great job. Got to travel around some wonderful experiences. And it was at a master's tournament in Hong Kong where I got talking to a, a fellow former athlete and just asking him, how's things going? And he said to me, things weren't great. And it, mm. it shook me. It, it, I was like, oh, I just, you know, I just thought we just got on with things. And that led me to contacting my former um, my former teammates and asking them, hey, well, I know we chat and we say how are things going, but how is it going? What are you doing? And one conversation led to another, led to another. And next thing I realized there's actually a problem. You know, there's a challenge out here for, for elite athletes in that transition to careers beyond sport. And that's really where the idea of Second Wind came out. And Second Wind, or through Second Wind, I'm, I'm building a platform to support athletes to transition to careers after sport and really find their second wind in life. So with that master's competition and with you reaching out and saying how are you really going to your friends and colleagues, what were some of the key things that they were saying back that identified they actually weren't going that great, Ryan? Some of the main things for them really came around to how they were spending their day. And, you know, and, and it was an interesting thing because what they were saying, it wasn't about I'm upset, I'm angry. It was, well, what are you doing? It says, you know, I'm not doing anything. I'm not excited by what I do. I'm not motivated mm-hmm. by it. I am simply going through the motions. And for many of them, it was, I live for these master's tournaments, these charity tournaments where I can come back and be in front of the crowd again. And, and as I started to unpick that, it started to be around sort of a, a loss of purpose at times, 
but a lot of trying to achieve something and, and that, that sense of achievement had sort of started to disappear from their day-to-day life. So I'm sensing from you that you didn't actually experience that, yet you did sort of, with your injuries, you just sort of accepted, okay, it's done, now I need to move on to the next thing. So what were some of the things that you did for yourself that obviously worked for you? Yeah, you're quite right. I didn't, I didn't initially have that same pain and same angst that I, you know, that I, I hear from my, many of my other athletes. And I put that down to this sort of selfish desire to keep doing what I love doing. And so I've, you know, all the tests, everything I do talks to me about optimism and really looking forward and, and, and positivity in life. And that's something that I, you know, I really believe in, I've really lived through. So for me, though, the, it, the challenges that I faced was, well, what am I going to do? Where's the new competition for me? How am I going to strive? And I experimented, I tried new things, and that kept me on the top, that kept me moving forward. It kept me looking for something to wake me up or give me a reason to get up in the morning. And you kept learning too, looking at your history. You kept, whether they were small courses or or larger courses, you kept yourself learning part of that curiosity and experimentation. And and being okay, clearly, Ryan, that I am experimenting here, you landed with some pretty amazing jobs, but then the GFC came along and, and all of a sudden you're in a different boat again. Are you happy to chat about that part of your journey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that, like you say, that, that, that curiosity, in fact, one of the bits that really changed for me, you know, I'm you know, British-born Caribbean. My parents had a, a quite a challenging uh, upbringing and yes. they wanted to see the world. I wanted to see the world. And as an elite athlete, I didn't get the opportunity to travel as much as I wanted. So as soon as I came out of professional football, somebody said, hey, we're thinking of, or who would like to go overseas? Who would like to do that? I just put my hand up and I was like, well, I'll go. How, how bad could it be? And so when I found myself in Australia, moved over as part of the acquisition, GE Capital, you know, buying over in, in coming over here in Australia, there was an opportunity for me to come and work for a Liverpool fan. And that's really what connected us was, was through football. And, <laughs> you know, the GFC started to kick in. I found myself as head of strategy for the for G Money's mortgage business here in Australia. And as mm. GE does, it makes quick decisions. Boom, we're at, this is going, we're out of mortgages, here's what's happening. And for me, that gives a clarity. I take the instruction, good, bad, I've got it. And what that meant for me and my, you know, my wife and our six month baby was, well, we're gonna have to leave Australia. And, yes. you know, and, and with that, we looked back and we said, okay, well, if we go back to England, and then a friend of a friend said, hey, well, I've heard of this job in HSBC in Hong Kong. Are you interested in that? Um, never been. Six months baby, my wife. We don't know if it's going to be good or bad. Hey, the worst thing is we leave and we keep going back to England. Yes. We're staying there for 10 years and, you know, working <laughs> with HSBC has been one of the, probably the most important um, sort of corporate experiences of my life. And, you know, nine years later, we, we leave Hong Kong, come back to Australia with three boys. <laughs> Yeah, it's a fascinating story. And, and again, just how you owned the situation. You said it gave me clarity. Now, you did love yourself as selfish earlier, but I, I actually hear it as what I, what I term enlightened self-interest. In this case, you've got to be the best you can be for your family, for your wife, and now, you know, one, two, three sons. You've got to be the best that you can be for them. So, yeah, it sounds like it's selfish, but actually it's it's actually got a bigger purpose to it. It's got a bigger connection. And, and, and even if you think about your choice to even becoming starting secondwind.io 
is clearly about serving other people. That's just through, again, relationships. You've got a, a contract working with the Rabbitohs in the NRL here in Australia, uh, serving uh, some of the players there. So typically at the moment, Ryan, who's sort of coming to see you and how are they finding you? Yeah, absolutely. Look, the, the way most of my clients have come through is word of mouth. So I, you know, I, didn't, I didn't start second wind with the aim of delivering coaching. I started second wind with the aim of understanding what the problem was. Right. And so by speaking to multiple athletes, in, fact, in many ways it, it resembles what I was doing in banking and innovation and strategy, which is speak to customers, understand what innate needs they're not talking about, and build something for them. And that's what's happened here with Second Wind. It started off from me try, listening to understand. And from that, I started to hear, right, there's, there's a gap missing in the way that they transition. And given that gap, well, what can I do to plug it? And that mm. got me starting to design this career transition program for elite athletes that starts to focus on them and, and help plug some of the gaps that the, I won't say the system fails to do, but the system doesn't prioritize. And no. with that, is okay well there's an opportunity for me to really support them and do what what I'm passionate about which is helping them you know really thrive which is exactly what I did on the football field as the captain and trying to get everybody together and that that really is resembling how I'm moving forward with with second wind so many of the clients came and continue to come through me having a conversation with them them saying well okay i might be okay you know what can you speak to my other friend or another contact because they definitely need your help and that led on to me starting to build out the program and so there are the referrals those people who come and work with me is, is one of the big ways that i move forward another avenue you mentioned there the contract with the the rabbitos and there are those types of relationships that i have established with sporting codes clubs associations across australia and globally because many of it yes. is done through video and what i have found is the sport doesn't matter i've had no. an afl chap on with a netball lady and they're they connected. At first, we're like, well, we've nothing in common, you see. And, and I remember the guy saying, well, actually, in AFL, this is how it is. It's quite different. And she said, oh, no, no, it's the same. I, I, I've got exactly the same problem. And they're in that small group of, you know, I usually do uh, a seven-week program, six athletes, multidiscipline, multi-code. And what happens is you see that connection really taking place. And they start to recognize, oh, hold on, this is similar. The other people in my situation, the others who feel what I feel, great. How do we now design our way out of this and get ourselves into a fulfilling role in, you know, in, in the workplace? And with my history having run leadership for the Richmond Tigers and the AFL for a couple of seasons, and then I was on the board of management for the AFL Coaches Association for five seasons, so a total of seven years of involvement in, in that world. And I did a little bit of work in the NRL and also in the NBL here yeah. in Australia. And you're right that the problems are the same across the different professional sports. But equally, again, and it might not have transitioned to, for this for you just yet, but certainly the players that go into coaching and then that world ends. Yes. And then they yes. need to transition at some point, even out of coaching, because that's very much the same sort of transition that they've got to do. Yeah. I do want to wind back, though, to one of the things that, that I observed with my own involvement with, particularly players that are fringe players, players that aren't guaranteed to get a game just yet, and maybe never throughout their entire professional career guaranteed of getting a game, and that their focus is just complete 100%. Mm. And they just can't focus on anything else because if I, you know, their fear is if I think of anything else, I, I risk even getting in 
again. Yeah. How do we help those folk while they're in that world be doing something to prepare for their future transition, which is going to come at some point? Yes. Right. Yeah. It happens to everyone. Eventually it That's comes. Right. What's, yeah. your, what's your advice for those folk, Ryan? For those individuals, I ask them to give, to give me an hour, to give an hour a week, which means of the 100% of time that they sleep, eat, play, practice that, that sport in order to achieve that pinnacle, 99.6% of that, you take all the hours that there are in the week and you say, give me one. Give me one. Yeah. Just one. And with that one hour, what I can help them to do is look outside of the game. Look at what is it that interests them? What is it yes. that motivates them that goes just beyond the game? And with yes. that hour, what then starts to happen is you start to see them relax. You start to see them open up and think, actually, I'm doing this for loved ones. I'm doing this for relationships. That's great. Well, what else do I enjoy doing? Oh, it might be, well, I enjoy the drive to work. I enjoy, I enjoy gaming. I enjoy the computer. I, I enjoy watching TV, but in TV, I'm interested in the angles or the photography and really helping them to understand that outside of the game or after the game, they are something else as well. And their identity doesn't have to be anchored in on what they are trying to achieve. Yes for Success, How to Achieve Life Harmony and Fulfillment is my new book. It's out now. Check out the link in the show notes for all the details of how to get the new book, Yes for Success, How to Achieve Life Harmony and Fulfillment. It's going to teach you a whole heap of strategies around how to have increased happiness now and into the future for your life. If not for you, get it for someone else that might be struggling or floating along in life. This book works. Now let's get back to the interview with Ryan. Yes, and and just that awareness means that they can start to explore possibilities about what that might look like and just even understand it and just do a little bit of research even if half of that one hour a week with you is just doing research on that topic and what it might look like and what jobs are actually out there i mean one of the things i teach people is that uh, in my work ryan is that if you understand what your talents are and your passions are and you think of the intersection between your talent and your passion Mm. if you're aware of those two things you that intersection is actually quite large in terms of possible jobs yes yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so the earlier you become aware of that, and I wasn't expecting this, but I also run a, a program for research students, people doing their PhDs. Mm, yeah. And it's actually in their first year of their PhD. So Monash University for 10 years now have engaged me to come in and do this. And what we do is we actually help them understand their research from a big nine employability skill development point of view mm-hmm. and how high the skills are that they're developing through their research project by getting them to look at their research through the lens of project management yeah, and the language of project management. And they're like, I didn't realize I was developing these skills. And what we do is we're helping them become conscious of these amazing skills they're developing just by doing what they're doing. They don't have to do anything different. We're just connecting the dots so that they're going, gosh, I really am doing amazing innovation work. I really am doing amazing communication work. I, I'm super at communication because it's so complex how, how the, comp- the, the communication I have to do, etc. The technology that they're exposed to, and similar to elite athletes, with all of the, the video reviews, and the, there's a lot of technology. They're wearing the, you know, the wearable technology. It's like, wow, what can you tell me about the, how you're helping folk realise those connections and how that might go into their future? Yeah, well, actually, I just, just to pick on that, that story because it resonated with me, I was speaking to an NRL player who was a rugby league player who's recently retired and he stopped and started carpentry 
as as a as a young player didn't quite get the qualifications and he's like yeah so that was wasted and I had exactly the same conversation where he started to sort of recognize well actually he's got project management skills he knows if he's building a house he's not going to bring the painter in before he's actually laid the wood or start doing all of these things and so that that was that was really so yeah I, I, I love the story I think that's great but that is a you know to your point around helping them recognize their strengths, their talents, their interests, and, and using that to move them forward. I find working with them and getting them to recognize some of the things they are good at that they don't realize. Elite athletes have a, set, an, a natural love of learning. You know, they think, oh, I don't like the classroom, I don't like the but I give you a new tactic. You implement that new tactic straight away. Their adaptability to those situations is rapid. I'm a tennis player and, I, you know, I see the serve comes over with a bit more topspin, they react straight away. So that love of learning, visual, written, spoken, you know, that's something that is so important and so powerful. And I use that to help them to essentially relearn how to learn. And it's like, well, you, yes. you've done it. You, you used to do it on the daily, if I... In a game, you'll do it every second. You'll react to that situation, and that's because of the training. So let's find that next vehicle for you to put your passion and energy into, because I know that you will learn it when you believe in it. And that's something that is one of the sort of one of the base skill sets that I look at in, in the athletes I work with. So with the relearning that you do, who do you th- believe that they believe is responsible for their learning? Given they've been in this world where there's so many coaches, right? No matter which sport, there's yeah. there's layers of coaching going on guiding them, guiding them, guiding them. What's their attitude towards who's, who actually owns their learning and is that part of the relearning? Uh, it, it is a significant part of the relearning, uh, is, is, is the answer. They are used to being given so much direction to the point of being told what to do, not knowing what's their diary tomorrow because they're waiting for the coach to give them that schedule. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of expectation that oh, the club will sort me out, the club will help me if coming in part-time, the club will help me get jobs, the, the club will help me do all of this. It is really, you know, it's a, to me an ethical conversation is, well, where is that duty of responsibility? Is it, the, is it the individual, is it the club, is it the association that really needs to help them? And getting them then to reframe before it becomes cynical. So for many mm. of the athletes that I speak to, they'll be, um, you know, 37 years old, retired two years ago, and thinking, well, don't speak to the club anymore, the association hasn't done anything for me, I've got to go out and do this myself. I'm like, yes, yes, you do. Mm. You do need to mm. go and do this for yourself. And, you know, you've got to move from that sort of extrinsic, you know, someone externally telling you this is what you need to do. And then you need to refine that power inside you to say, hey, I'm, I want to do this for me. Oh, I'm just about to launch my next book called Yes for Success, How to Achieve Life Harmony and Fulfillment. Yeah. And it's about, uh, it's basically a planning model where, Ryan, it's really about, Helping people, I call them mental models, your mindset, mm. fundamentally your theories about how the world works and that for whatever reason across many, many fields of professions, not just professional sport, somehow people have learned that they're not responsible for their development, that the organisation will develop them. And, and I say, hey, what if you were to take the mental model, the mindset that any development you get from your organisation is a bonus? Yeah. You are in charge of your development because ultimately you're the one that will be affected if it's not right for you, okay? Yeah. And clearly if you've been in a professional sports environment, usually that means you were a young teenager when you got into the start of the system, right? Yeah. So you absolutely have been trained, do what the coaches say, do what the coaches say, do what the coaches say. Your, your parents have been saying, do what the coaches say, do what the coaches say. 
And it's understandable that they could have the mindset, well, I'm not actually responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you are. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> right. That's it. And, it. and it is key. It's getting that eight, uh, agency again. And mm. you know, I look at it as urgency and agency, pulling those two together. And mm. with improved clarity, confidence and a plan, if we can get that agency and urgency together, then you know, they can fall back and they know they'll get it done because that's yes. one of the great you know, yes. skill sets of athletes. It's like, right, I've got that clarity. I, I know I can achieve this. Here's the plan. Off I go. Let's do this. Let's make this happen. And and I yes. think you know th- that journey is really key. And, in, and you know, and, and indeed, it's it's what I how I look to help individuals, be it through the coaching program or you know, or indeed through one on one sessions. That's really what I, I look to achieve. At this stage, Ryan, have you had the the younger athlete that maybe their career is done by twenty five? Mm-hmm. And they have been on the fridges, but actually they've been in the professional world one way or another for maybe 10 plus years by that age. Yeah. But maybe it's injury, like what happened to you. How are they traveling with this? Are they a bit more prepared for it or it's just exactly the same as the 37-year-old athlete? You know, it's similar. And I'll say the differences become when you move perhaps from professional and you're into elite, other elite sports, I'll say in the Olympic sport. So those yes. who perform yes. in those, so their, their level of professionalism, actually their delivery is the same, but the salaries are different. So yes. what they tend to do is have to have a dual career whereby they are as much full-time as possible as an athlete whilst also having to hold down a, a job. Now the challenge that they face is often that job isn't aligned to their interests and future passions and career but it's one that simply provides a sufficient level of flexibility a sufficient level of yep yeah, okay i need to disappear for two months to go and do the world championships overseas yeah that's that's fine you know it's casual off you go so their challenge often is as that career starts to close or the sporting career starts to come when they think right second wind how am i going to find this this new you know this 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 new passion it's like well what have you been doing well nothing i enjoy they've just been really nice to me giving me the time off so that's those conversations so yes they're in the professional world yeah they understand what it might be like working in an office a factory a contact center a school whatever it might be but they still need to then open up become more aware of what really does motivate them, what really does energize them and gets them up in the morning. And so for folk in that boat, including the professional athletes that have been earning a decent salary but are finding themselves in this boat, what are some of the best ways that they can contact you and find out about how Second Wind can help them progress through that transition, right? Great. Well, look, there are, I would say, two ways. One, get involved listening to the podcast, Second Wind Academy, which, you know, is is everywhere where your favorite podcasts are. So join it, tune in there, Second Wind Academy, leave me comments and, and notes. And look, the website, secondwind.io, go on there, drop me an email, uh, read through the blogs, but really contact me directly through there at ryan at secondwind.io. And I'm happy to jump on a call. As I mentioned, we're global. So we, we help those elite athletes no matter where they are and, and certainly through various languages. Yeah. And you're also on LinkedIn as well, because that's how we've connected ourselves. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> There's that platform too. So, folks, we'll pop all of Ryan's links in the show notes for the Moving Beyond Being Good podcast. Ryan, I do want to thank you for your time and for coming on and sharing what you're doing for elite athletes of all types who are progressing from their their time focused on their sport onto the next part of their career and helping them because it's such an important journey 
to help these amazing people be able to continue in their lives and continue to contribute to the world in a really positive way that also works for them. I thank you for your time for joining us on the podcast today. Gary, thanks very much for having me. I've enjoyed the conversation. You're welcome, Ryan. And for the rest of you, thank you for again joining us on the Moving Beyond Being Good podcast. If you want to connect with us, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Please connect with me via the various links in the show notes as well. If you'd also like to get our email newsletter, please go to orgsthatmatter.com forward slash newsletter and you can sign up there as well. Once again, I'm Gary Ryan, the host of the Moving Beyond Being Good podcast, and I look forward to joining you in our next episode. Bye.